news for a Waffle Butt Media podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Schwegcast. I'm your host, Sam Schwegler, like always. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we're doing a full beginning to end episode with my parents. Mom and dad, say hi. How you doing? Hi. All right. They look kind of nervous, so we're seeing what they're... They're really happy because we talk about them a lot on the show, and so they're kind of happy to kind of get their word in, right? Dad's shaking his head. Definitely, definitely. So that's really fun. Um, Like always, uh, if you like this show you're listening to, or or if you like my parents, make sure you go to subscribe to us to wherever you listen to your podcasts on, and uh, if you also feel so inclined, feel... Free to leave a review. My mom and dad would love to see what you would leave a review on them about, right? Is that no? Sure, why not? <laughs> no, so she, that's okay. She okay. does get, yeah. It, um, we can talk about my background later. So I get evaluated all the time. So it's not so a big deal, but it's no, people. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll go into more details on my dad, see what he does for a living. So that, that'll be more exciting like that. So make sure you like and subscribe to that. Also, if you like a podcast like this, Feel free to go to wafflebuttmedia.com, check out some more great podcasts. We got a, There's a political podcast, uh, America the Podcast, which is a really funny show. They just released their Christmas special, so you're going to want I'm actually on that episode, so you want to listen to me to that. I give my rant on the war on Christmas. And also, there's a Dallas Cowboys podcast called Bruising the Boys. Dad, you're a big Cowboys fan, aren't you? Uh, not really. Okay, <laughs> so there we go. My dad approves of it, so we can easily go there, and we're good enough there, so go check that out as well. And so first, we're going to talk about the Grammys. My mom and dad have requested to not have to talk about the Grammys. So we're talking about album of the year and record of the year today. Um, Let me just ask you the one question I have for this. Do you know the difference between album of the year and record of the year? Basically, I I always consider record of the year as just that one single. Mm -hmm. And then the album of the year is the the total... Look at the total thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much... Yeah, you have it 100% correct, except record of the year can also be considered the recording of it but that's why it can be one song that makes so, sense yeah okay that's why and so our list this year so we have album of the year we have awaken my love childish gambino Childish gambino the guy who the front man he's gonna play lando calrissian in the han solo solo film so that's one thing we just saw the last jedi yesterday dad and mom saw it for the first time i saw it for the second time you, so got, I, you got to see it in 3d yeah i gotta see it in C- yeah. 3d the second time yeah uh, we have Awaken My Love, Charles Gambino. We got 444, Jay-Z, Beyonce's husband. Uh, that's, I thought that was best. We got Damn by Kendrick Lamar. He's very popular. Melodrama by Lord. Dad, like, you like Royals. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. You like so. And her yeah, new album's sure. really good. Yeah, okay. And we got 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. I think on our notes I put Bruno Marks. So, <laughs> um, so that's really cool. Um, I think what I think is going to happen is... Uh, Awake, it's going to be a good competition between Awaken My Love and 24 Karat Magic because I think those two are big albums. I think with Awaken My Love, it's more experimental. So I think the people who are voting for the Grammys are probably going to vote for that one. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, you got me. <laughs> you really do. You got me. I mean, so I mean, that's my pick. Uh, 24 Karat Magic, I think, has a good. Uh, I bring in Mark Ronson, was producer on that. And uh, they obviously had a lot of success with Uptown Funk when they worked together. And so I'd like to see Lord be up there and Kendrick. I think this one's actually, I think, the hardest category of all the nominations just because there are a lot of good albums for album of the year. And so we'll see. I'm thinking Awaken My Love might take it. That's what I'm my guess. So we'll see when the Grammys come. For a record of the year, we have Redbone, Childish Gambino. That's a song off, Awaken My Love. Despacito by Louis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber. Uh, the story of OJ, Jay-Z, 
Humble, Kendrick Lamar, 24 Karat Magic, Bruno Mars. For this one is a little bit, a little bit, I think this one might be a little more complicated. I'm guessing that Bruno Mars is going to win this one because uh, it's a very, because there's a Mark Ronson produced song. And that's like probably the only one you actually know the producer. Anyone probably knows the producer on. So that's what I'm guessing for record of the year is going to be Bruno Mars. But I think everything else has a good uh, upbringing. Red, Redbone, is that a- Yes, the song. Is it the... There, there was a group back in the seventies. Okay, right yeah, there were they were Native Americans. Okay, um, if you want uh, Guardian of the Galaxy. Okay, yeah, their soundtrack. Come and get your love. Okay, yeah. yeah so I didn't. Uh, yeah, when I first saw, like, oh, no, can't be the same group. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody different. No, it was very seventies inspired uh, album. So, uh, so I mean, that's probably why they named it that. So. We were done with the Grammys talk, so now you guys can talk again <laughs> if you want to. So we're going to lead our sponsors for today, and Mom and Dad have the honor of getting to read that to you. So, Mom, give us our first sponsor for the day. The free Lyft app gets users a ride in minutes, on demand, for less than the cost of a cab. Whether it's for a fun night out of the bars or to avoid paying for parking at the next concert you go to, Lyft has it covered. With New Year's Eve fast approach approaching, Lyft will definitely be a great option to get you wherever you need to go. You can use promo code SWEGCAST when signing up and you get a $15 ride credit towards your first ride. That's promo code SWEGCAST for that $15 ride credit. All right, so Lyft, go check out Lyft. And the next sponsor, Dad, you got that covered? Yeah, this episode is proudly sponsored by DistroKid. Uh, DistroKid is your uh, music out to multiple online retailers and saves you the hassle. This is great for artists who are who write original music and also if you want to upload a cover. They'll even get you the license you need for that cover to save you the hassle. You get 7% off your first year by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash swagcast. If you didn't look it up um, immediately, the link will also be a, a in the description of this episode. All right, awesome. So that great sponsors for today. And so typically right after this, we usually do some music and then I go with my interview, but you guys are my interview for today. So this is a little bit weird, so we're not even going to have to press stop on the recording. So that's going to be really cool. So we've had, we're having a lot of fun this Christmas. I came up here on Thursday. It's Saturday, the 23rd, as we're recording this episode. And so I drove eight hours from Nashville up to Kirksville, Missouri. Uh, a lot of people ask uh, where you guys live on the show. What's the best way to describe where Kirksville geographically is? Well, if you, it's three hours. We're in the north part of Missouri. It's three hours from uh, St. Louis and it's three hours from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're from the state of Missouri, some people may not know where Kirksville's at. You just go to Columbia, Missouri, which <laughs> is the University of Missouri's there. Go north. Mm-hmm. 80 miles and you, you yeah. run into Kirksville. So Pretty. that's kind of like the, the the native description of how to get to here. Mm-hmm. And then we also want to describe, so mom is from here. She's not from Kirksville, but she's from outside of Kirksville. So so they made it to Kirksville. How do you get to where you're from, Edina, Missouri? Um. <laughs> East. It's just 25 miles east. So it's like you go to the middle of nowhere, then go 25 miles east of the middle of nowhere. It's the best way to describe it. Okay. Well, you know, if you, if you get that urban mentality of nowhere, how do you define nowhere? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's so, true. So yeah. Yeah. the, ur- the yeah. urban... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's the mentality you take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and stuff. I can get lost in, you know, you can get lost in the middle of nowhere. You can get lost in the middle of a city. We just got to learn go. the moss grows on the north side of the tree. That's well, the that's the main trick. Uh, not really. It does. It actually grows. That's that's an urban myth. Okay. Because actually, moss can grow all the way around the tree. Okay. That yeah. is okay. That's a fun fact. Yeah. So. That you, you know, your listeners can check that out. Take it. Take it true. from the natives. So. If you don't believe me, there are there are episodes of Survivor Man, <laughs> and he actually Les Stroud actually says that in the show itself. So. Um, yeah, it does. That's not always the way it works. That's the one with Bear Grylls, right? No, that's no Les Stroud. Okay, Survivor Man. Yeah. Okay. And so he, I, he, he, you know, had a pretty regular series for a while. He's getting older. I don't think he can yeah. do the do it like he used to. So he, he just pops a show every once in a while. He has a website too. I'm not going to push his website, but, yeah. <laughs> but he's got a website too and everything. But yeah, it doesn't always grow. All does he? Does he tree. always? He's not the one who drinks. So Bear Grylls drinks his pee. This, uh, no, um, I've never seen Les Stroud recommend that or do that on mm-hmm. a show. It's like, well, we just fouled the airplane. Yeah. We got to drink our pee. That's but the, yeah, I, he's Canadian. Maybe only mm-hmm. British people do it. Uh, Canadians don't. I don't know. I mm-hmm. just yeah. Because we're going to see for Christmas, our Christmas day. We're going to see my cousin Jody. Correct. Is that is that still the plan? Unless they kick mm-hmm. us out. Mm-hmm. So and so that's my mom's niece. My dad's uh, niece-in-law. Yeah, to say it that <laughs> I way, think yeah. you can just still say not niece. a blood, not a blood niece. So my cousin, like, and she just had a kid named Porter, and so we were having a discussion about Porter the other day. <laughs> Jody's not going to be too excited. I, she might not listen. I don't know. So, but yeah, I I think Porter's kind of a chubby baby, which there's nothing wrong with a chubby baby. But mom was kind of upset that I was calling him chubby. Mm-hmm. Well, he he's a lot like you when you were a baby. Mm-hmm. So well, I guess whatever you think about that, it's all on your it's your side genetics, I think. And he's just like, but he was only like seven pounds when he was born. We're like kid, like the witty children. That's my mom's maiden name. Uh, we'll get more into that later. But uh, the kids are like what eight, nine pounds, like hams, right? Well, yeah, I won't get into that. I use that in class, but mm-hmm. um, the average the average baby is about seven and a half pounds, roughly. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty small for a witty well. He, so was he seven? Was he seven? <laughs> for our, gen, for was our he genetics, seven? he was pretty yeah, small. Yeah, but yeah, and that typically most babies now are a little bit like eight or nine pounders. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of preemies and stuff, mm-hmm. it it brings down the yeah. You know, if you, the that, statistics, if you do the it brings it down. So and so if you look like even 20, 30 years ago, the average size of babies the same mm-hmm. um, from from because of the the wide range now. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's healthy. That's all. I mean, yeah, I'm sure been, your readers are. I mean, your they're, they're probably really excited yeah, to hear about Porter. About this, this, uh, this probably well, just like he's class, like, we need so. more Porter on the show. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> can't even talk yet. We but, need to know about yeah, but uh, baby weight. But yeah, so I learned how to make a southern dish, and so that's what I'm bringing. Mom makes these incredible meatballs. Are you going to give out the secrets on the show, or are you just going to keep that a family secret? Oh no, it's a family secret. Okay, yeah. so we're keeping our no meat. Way, yeah. And I got to say, these meatballs are good. So you, what do you think of like when meatballs? You know, it's just like more like spaghetti type meatballs. These are the not that they're they're at least there's like mushroom so- soup with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, these are really phenomenal. I cannot express how phenomenal these meatballs are. So that's our family secret. You, you could probably do it. You could do a tomato sauce or something with it. Yeah, we. I mean, you, you, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think it's like the same good. concept, probably. Probably the same concept. But I yeah, just, uh, I just listen to her orders. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, a lot I mean, of times I mix it up and stuff. Yeah, I you just assume that's marriage. You could, they could be in getting meatballs. I'd eat those. Yeah, they could probably they'd probably yeah. work. But she makes the best cookies of anyone on earth. So they're just like you know, my mom. I, I have I argue with my friends like my mom makes the best cookies ever. You know, my mom. No, actually, my mom makes. I'm like no, my mom makes like she like because she actually most people just like 
like crispy cookies, and that is not what cookies are supposed to be. Like if you like slightly bend them, they're supposed to fall apart immediately. That's how cookies are supposed to be. Ooh, just well, yeah. Kirksville is only a town of seventeen thousand. No, this is we're talking about the entire world. Oh, world. Well, I know, but uh, if you came to Kirksville, you could run into somebody that's eating her cookies. Yeah, you could because of high school and stuff. Yeah, uh, she made enough of them for all your because we talked about all the like, groups you were in. Because yeah. we had when we were in like band or like in jazz band in high school and stuff like that, we would have like each uh, grade would just bring their own like food or whatever, like a certain dish, and then just like always somehow my class ended up with cookies and desserts. I don't know how that happened, but my class always ended up. So I had to go, hey, mom, uh, we need you to make cookies. And she's like, oh, all right. You know, the typical suburban mom, uh, <laughs> go make cookies for your kids, whatever. Out of the middle of nowhere, mom. Out of the you, middle of nowhere, nowhere yeah. mom, Since you keep bringing that up, yeah, go ahead. Middle of nowhere. But yeah, but so yeah, if there's any secret with Edina, it's probably there's some cookie recipe there locked away. Uh, the bottom of like Bering Lake probably. You have to get like a submarine and you have to dig it out. Or get it out of my mom. I think that's probably the other secret. That would be, she would probably, under torture, I, th- I don't think you'd crack. I don't think she would. As far as your cookie recipe goes. I'll say this. One time I tried to make the cookies, and they turned out horrible. <laughs> so there's, like, something in the way my mom actually, like, makes them. Like, it's not, you, you just can't read the what, recipe. What's the secret ingredients? Love. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely not an easy task to make. So, because I'm assuming, like, if she would just make me have to make them, and they're horrible. So, and these are chocolate chip cookies. Let's let's be real here. Probably the hardest cookie to make. Yeah, but you you also do sugar cookies mm-hmm. well. Her sugar you, cookies are good too. You've got a couple other kind of cookies that you do mm-hmm. that are pretty good. Our family's yeah. a very cookie aficionados, <clears throat> I would say. Oh yes, <laughs> we're just like we consume large quantities at, mm-hmm. at times. I'm not a big sweets person, but her cookies are pretty good. Of course, here's the deal with cookies. She makes a batch of cookies, and they're always for somebody. Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, I try to watch out how much sugar. I, I save my sugar for Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. We yeah. Can, we can get into that later if you want. Yeah. But uh, I save that for Dr. Pepper. So I don't try to eat much, but uh, she's always having me sampling to make mm-hmm. sure they're okay. And mm-hmm. So they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, I know. Well, it was just, just like uh, when I was in college, you know, like my mom would bake me some cookies and I would like bring them, bring them back to Warrensburg with me. What we would do and people would try them like, oh, my gosh, these are so good. I'm like, yeah, now you can see why I'm a little overweight. huh? <laughs> so it was a good it was a good joke for uh, for college. It worked for a while. It worked for a while. Now now that I live in the south, it's kind of like I'm from the Midwest and like I'm about 15 pounds overweight. Like exactly. Uh <laughs> It's like the it's typical of the Midwest. It's like 15 pounds overweight, <laughs> almost exactly. So you find the app what body weight you're supposed to be for like your height, and then add 15 pounds, and you pretty much guess someone's weight. Yeah, for a lot of people, that's true. <laughs> so I bet. So since you're talked about a lot on the show, a lot of people are wanting to know a little bit about your backstories and a little bit of other things with the show. So Dad, we're gonna start off with you. Okay. So you're not from Kirksville. No, I'm or not, Kansas. I'm not from Kirksville or Kansas. No. Mm. Um, I grew up in, in, uh, North St. Louis County, Mm -hmm. but, uh, my dad, uh, is from, uh, the northern part of the Ozarks. Okay. So, uh, I spent a lot of time there. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of, my dad was basically a hillbilly. Your grandfather Mm -hmm. was basically a hillbilly, Mm -hmm. which is nothing bad about that. I mean, there's some unique things about that. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. But, uh, I spent a lot of time there. So, um, I had a little bit of an accent. Ozark accent, mm-hmm. kind of, and uh, when you go to first grade, when you go to kindergarten and stuff in there, yeah. and you start using the accent, that's not good because mm-hmm. you get beat up. 
So I was a pretty quiet kid growing up. No. Um, plus, I had a, a, a couple of speech problems, which okay. two years of therapy got me through uh, later on in life. But um, so I've got a little mix about that, the Ozarks and, and St. Louis, mm-hmm. North St. Louis County. Uh, I grew up pretty close t- uh, with within about two miles of where the Ferguson stuff happened. Yeah, I remember you were telling me that. <clears throat> and um, the Ferguson thing, you know, when you when you saw it on the, on, the, it only happened within about a half mile mm-hmm. of one road. Yeah, that was the main thing called West, West Florissant. Yeah, I grew um, and actually the one who, the person who got shot if they would went to elementary school they wouldn't went to the same elementary mm-hmm. school I went to. So it was kind of yeah, like the whole area, like North North County was like, mm-hmm. you know, under a siege or something. It was only like a half mile stretch where all the protests took place yeah. and the shooting took place and everything there. So uh, uh, <clears throat> it was a, you know, where I grew up was a working class s- suburb, mm-hmm. I can say, but mine was a little more spaced out. I mean, we didn't have houses on top of each other. Yeah. Um, we had actually an acre of, of yard, which mm-hmm. was nice growing up plane and yeah. stuff like that. A lot, there was a lot of woods you could go to, mm-hmm. which the Ozark thing kind of, you know, I'd hit for the woods to play a lot when, mm-hmm. we, when we were young. So it was, it was a good thing. The, the nice thing about it, when you went to high school, everyone had about the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that I thought that was kind of cool because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if somebody had a car, when you got to high school, no one had a brand new car. Yeah. Everybody had a car. If they had a car, you probably had a used car a few years and mm-hmm. You know, they had a job to kind of fix it up and stuff. Yeah. And everything. So, no, you know, everybody was the same economic thing. Now, when mm-hmm. I went to college, I realized, you That's know, you, you think you know everything, but, but some people have a lot more money than other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, re, I realized that when I went to college. So, it was, it was a good environment to grow up in. Um, you know, my parents had a really rough life growing, when they were mm-hmm. growing up. So, uh, you know, a lot of people... And always blame their parents for everything that in their life, but mm. my parents did the best they could. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all parents just do the best they can, yeah. and just go from there. But um, you know, uh, my dad you know, was in the Ozarks. Depression hit. They moved to the yeah. city, which was the worst thing in the world to do because mm-hmm. at least out there you could grow your own food. Yeah, a lot of your own food. You move in there and didn't. Mm-hmm. So he's from a large family, a blended family. His, his uh, my uh, dad's mom or my grandmother, which I never met died when he was like f- five or six. Ooh, yeah. So, um, you know, he knew her but didn't know her very well, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. So, and then my grandfather, who was not a nice person, I, I never got within 20 feet of my dad, a mm-hmm. grandfather. My dad wouldn't let me come too yeah. close to him. He, I, and I'm not going to go into the details of that, why, but you can kind of figure it out. Probably, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, so actually when he was 16, he quit school and rode a coaster bike about 120 miles back to an area and got a job. Uh, he got free room and board, and mm-hmm. I think he got a, I can't remember, like 25 cents a month or something. Okay. Which, which he thought was great. More. <laughs> you know, he got to eat everything he wanted and everything mm-hmm. like that. And my mom, uh, during the Depression, um, and this was this was not uncommon, uh, there was four in the family, and they decided they couldn't afford four kids. So mm-hmm. they had to pick one of the kids to go, live in an orphanage mm-hmm. and my mom was picked ah. so she went to the orphanage and then um was fostered out. and that was about when she was about 13 okay 12 or 13 and they then she lived in foster homes all the way to 18 mm-hmm. and uh my mom and dad went out and eloped after that my dad was 20 to like yeah 19 he was mm-hmm. she was 18 and they went out <coughs> and eloped mm-hmm. so with that so uh, and then life started for them but you know that's kind of a little bit of background stuff mm-hmm. but um 
And Grandpa was in World War II. He was in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, he spent till I think like this time of year. I always think about him because he was in Bastogne. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some people call it the Battle of the Bulge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a foxhole on the south side of Bastogne. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> stopped a few tanks from coming in. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and he, he's a Bronze Star winner. Okay, yeah. And stuff like that. So, um, yeah, he good background. But, you know, he, he suffered from even 40 years later. He had, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, I just went blank. Uh, PT, he, uh, PTSD? Yeah, he suffered from that 40 years after the fact. I mean, like, I, I don't they didn't even have it. They, they, it. I mean, they didn't have that diagnosed back then. Mm-hmm. But he, he'd wake up in cold sweats. Yeah, it would be like, I think they call it shell shock, maybe? Yeah, well, I mean, he lost a lot of buddies mm-hmm. on that, on, in, you know, War Two and... Um, you know, it just, it still, you know, haunted them. Yeah. You know, people don't, uh, the effect, you know, they didn't have a name for it back then. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those instances. So, you know, guys coming back from Vietnam, guys coming back from the, you know, Middle East, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I got a lot of sympathy for them. Not sympathy, but that's not the wrong word, but empathy, mm-hmm. I guess, would be a better word for them, you know, what they're going through. Yeah. Because it, it is tough. They got to battle them. And, and mm-hmm. we, you know, as a society, we've got to, um, you know, support them as much as we can. See, I know my friend Curtis, he's in the Air Force. He went to Afghanistan for a couple months. And, like, so now every, like, six months they give him a call, like, are you, you doing okay? Yeah. And stuff like that. But, but yeah, Grandpa's in World War II, so he's cooler. Pretty cool in my book. Well, yeah, he was a, you know, I, the thing with him was, you know, he called back and in, in one time someone came in, well, your dad was a hero, and, and he didn't want to hear that. He mm-hmm. said the guys that were heroes were the guys that came back injured or mm-hmm. something, you know, or the guys that didn't come back. Yeah. He didn't, he just considered war two is that you, he, you went, you did your job, mm-hmm. it needed to be done, and you came back. He was mm-hmm. always sympathetic for Vietnam because Vietnam, there wasn't really a, a purpose, it was kind of hanging on, we should have got out yeah. of there earlier. I think history is going to find out, you know, uh, it records that we should have got out of there a lot earlier mm-hmm. than we did. <clears throat> we wouldn't have the problems we had. You know, he's very sympathetic to them. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, um, and he was, my dad was very democratic, very <laughs> democratic. And uh, when when the Bush first first desert storm, I guess, was mm-hmm. coming there, he was all for that. They went in, kind of took over, and then they got mm-hmm. out. Yeah. He, he was not into staying somewhere for a long time mm-hmm. and stuff. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of people told me, well, he's a hero, and I get but he wouldn't have wanted you to say that about mm-hmm. him. He just said, I did my job, and all I want to do is, he wanted to go home. As soon as he could go home, he had enough points. He got mm-hmm. home. Um, you know, uh, he was there, you know, in 44, you know, to uh, end of 45. He, I guess he marched in the parade in 46 in New York City. Mm-hmm. Got some clippings downstairs okay. in a scrapbook about that. Um, so he did that. He got back as quick as he just wanted to get life. And a lot of those guys just want to get back to normal life. Mm-hmm. You know, they just wanted to get back to normal life, yeah. you know. And that's why the baby boomers started then, because mm-hmm. everybody wanted to start families. Just wanted and, to live you know, and, and the normal he, thing. He was one of the older guys, too. That's Most of the guys were, when my uh, my dad got drafted, or your grandfather got drafted, he was 23, 24 mm-hmm. when he got drafted. Most guys were 18 to 20 Yeah, got drafted, so he was a little older mm-hmm. with that. And, um, he, you know, he didn't get drafted till 43. Okay. So, um, something like that. I might be off a little bit, a few months, um, mm-hmm. but uh, he didn't get drafted till then. Uh, so that that was a little different. He was one of the older guys, which mm-hmm. kind of made him a little unique in that because mm-hmm. most guys were, you know, eighteen to twenty, mm-hmm. twenty-one at the most. You know, so yeah. So, 
It was cool. Um, but I know I like to tell people because your sister and my or my aunt Judy was kind of, is kind of a, a grandparent figure to me. Yes. And so this is actually because I always have to explain this anytime I tell anyone I'm going to see my aunt Judy, and it's like, well, she's kind of like my grandma to me. Mm-hmm. And so explain that story. Explain like why, like especially like being the later a later baby. Yeah, I just 16 and a half years gap mm-hmm. between us. Um, if I counted the numbers right. A six and a half year gap mm-hmm. with that, so that's that's a unique. She was born actually before World War II, mm-hmm. and when she when my dad came back, you're like I don't know who yeah. this person is because mm-hmm. she didn't, you know, what I'm saying because yeah. he's gone for a good chunk mm-hmm. of time. Uh, so that that that's a little different. So um, I've got a nephew that's two and a half years younger mm-hmm. than me. Um, so it's her first, you know, and yeah. she had him at nineteen. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of unique. So a lot of times people would think that I was her son, mm-hmm. sometimes like that and everything. And so, uh, but it was kind of funny on, on both your grandparents' deathbeds where they had, they, they said, take care of your sister, which I'm the youngest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, it's supposed to be the other way around. And then, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, they go, no, take care of your sister. You take, so, you know, that's, I took on that responsibility mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or to look out for her as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of unique in that situation. Mm-hmm. And um, you had an uncle that's ten years older than me, yeah, and stuff. He passed away um, uh, late nineties mm-hmm. uh, with that. So there was a gap. So even between them, they were a gap, but they were pretty close. Mm-hmm. They were pretty close. Uh, you know, I was to say we were really close at the time. Probably, you know, it, there's a big gap. Age, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to be yeah. connect as much. But you know, um, I know your aunt and I came a lot closer after your grandparents passed away. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of due to your grandparents' wishes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. You know. But, yeah, so my aunt, so every time I have to explain to someone, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go see my Aunt Judy. Uh, she's six, so it's pretty much, she is, she was 16 years older than my dad, and then, so, and then when she was 19, uh, she had her first kid. Mm-hmm. And so I have a cousin who's two years younger than my dad, <laughs> and so he's kind of like an uncle, but... And then like like my dad because because yeah. you were kind it kind of was a, in a sense like you were kind of siblings in a little bit yeah a little bit yeah we kind of yeah and he is mm-hmm. he is um, and he he had a, my other nephew uh, is ten years younger than me mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of gap between them yeah. not much but they they grew up together mm-hmm. and, and there's divorce and yeah they lived separate sometimes um, with that so that's a little different but mm-hmm. Steve and I we have. We have history together. Yeah, let's just put it that you way. You can tell, like when we go see yeah. each other. And when you, were, yeah, you can tell, and, and uh, we are alike in some ways. We're totally different in other ways. Mm-hmm. And he has kids our age, so yeah. And then yeah, that's a unique thing with that. So, so um, and then I have cousins, like I guess they're second cousins. I think they're technically my age, so they're like normal co- first cousins. Yeah, and so it's a unique. Yeah, it's unique. Well, what happens when I was a noobs baby? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I Timmy the Timmy the tumor, right? Timmy, you want me to tell that? Yeah, story? tell that. That's a good story. Uh, okay, so that's. Uh, <laughs> Oh, thank you for me telling this story. What happened was uh, my mom wasn't supposed to have any more kids. Mm-hmm. They suggested not to her. She had health problems all through her life. Mm-hmm. Part of that's because of her childhood. Mm-hmm. I won't go into that detail right now. So, uh, you know, they had the first two, and then here I am 10 years later coming around. And, and uh, so they went to the doctor, and they thought she had cancer, maybe mm-hmm. a tumor. So they took an X-ray, and after the X-ray, you're not, you don't have a tumor, you're pregnant. <laughs> so, 
uh, that so so that yeah, the idea of Timmy the tumor came up mm-hmm. with that so and everything so I always got an excuse for my behavior if I act that weird mm-hmm. I had X-rays through my head mm-hmm. as you know in the womb so yeah. I've got an excuse so mm-hmm. any any behavior I have <laughs> I think I, I, in court I can document mm-hmm. that yeah you know, that's that I mean, I'm okay. a smart thing yeah so, so that's we, how it works we got enough you mom you've been <clears throat> awfully quiet so we want I want to talk about you you grew up uh, in not Edina you grew up in Baring Missouri well <clears throat> actually I. Gr- my first nine years, I grew up on a farm on mm-hmm. the county line mm-hmm. by Greensburg, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a farmer. The and population my, of Greensburg, I tell them, what, what <laughs> the population. I don't, I don't know, like 15? <laughs> like that, yeah. Oh, maybe, but, maybe 40. Yeah, maybe but, 40. Let's be generous. Yeah. Maybe so 40. we lived in a, on a farm, and my dad was a, a really successful farmer. And my mom um, was, a, was a homemaker who probably works harder than I've ever worked Mm-hmm. Gardening and cooking for hired men, mm-hmm. and um, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I know we have my great grandma McReynolds, right? Yes. I feel like we need to know a little bit about her. <laughs> oh well, her name was Beulah um, McReynolds, and she lived to be ninety-eight years old. In her nineties, she was still <laughs> raising hogs and on a roof, roofing her house. She was very. Um, she loved you and your brother mm-hmm. and all of her grandkids a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had a lot. Great <laughs> yes. grandkids, yeah. Yeah. You tell, well, we pulled up one time we went to visit her. That's before mm-hmm. you guys were born. And we we drive up there, and there she's on the roof mm-hmm. fixing <laughs> some singles. I said, Grandma, you need to come down and stuff. I can do that for you and stuff. Like, she's, she's mm-hmm. in her late 80s up yeah. on a roof, you know, up on a roof, off mm-hmm. a ladder. I'm going, oh, my gosh. You know, so that was that was quite the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, is it what, what did you tell me? Because her husband passed away when she was like in her seventies, right? Right. And so, what was the story about like men like wanting to be her suitor? Oh or yeah, she had men writing her letters and wanting them to <laughs> wanting her to date, and she said, "No, I don't want another old man to take care of." <laughs> so, if you want to think about like powerful women in this world, that was my great grandma McReynolds. Yeah, she was she was a uh, very unique. So, which was really funny because. When you, I remember, Dad, you told me that when you mom started dating, you you had uh, both Grandma McReynolds and her mom's dad, and you were just like worried about getting the rest of the family. Like, I'm like, well, I think you got like the what you needed well, covered. G- Grandma McReynolds took a little more time. Mm-hmm. Her dad, we got along pretty well mm-hmm. from almost the beginning and stuff. So that that went good. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to worry about that part. Uh, but grandma took a little longer, mm-hmm. you know, to come around. That's because sure. I know most most guys when they're like dating, it's like, oh, I gotta like be good impression for her dad. So you got lucky, I guess, on both. Yeah, parts. Yeah, I was on that part, and then grandma took a little while, mm-hmm. took a little longer. But then, you know, I as long I, as they I come around, fa- I fell in the favor. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially when we got married, I really fell in the mm-hmm. favor. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, knew you were serious, but mom, yeah. And then so you both went, and so going up, you both so middle of nowhere. Uh, what Greensville? Greensburg. Greensburg. But it was the farm, so it was it wasn't the farm. Even in town. The Greensburg yeah. farm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so you grew up here, and then St. Louis. There's a pretty big mileage gap between Saint, North St. Louis and Greensburg. So I think everyone wants to know how you, both of you met. Well, um, we were both runners in college, mm-hmm. and I uh, was running. Uh, for Truman State University, which was Northeast Missouri mm-hmm. State University. And your dad was a teacher at Kirksville High School and the track coach there. And he was also running marathons at the time mm-hmm. and friends of my track coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. So what would I do is some of the guys I knew on the team mm-hmm. kept contact. 
uh, and what I would do after I get off at Kirksville High, I would come down a couple of days a week mm-hmm. and run with the guys at the college, mm-hmm. uh, which you can't do now. NCAA doesn't allow you to do that. That's mm-hmm. illegal. But anyway, but you could do it back then. So uh, I just happened to see her. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first time you want to tell her about the first time I saw you? You want me to say? First time I saw her, she was on a date with another guy mm-hmm. in South Pizza Hut okay. in Kirksville. Now, why is the town of 17,000 have two pizza huts? I don't know, but we do. <laughs> Okay, I will. I'll you know you can you can rant and rave about that one, but uh, I saw her at pizza. And I go, wow, there's something special about this girl. And then later on, um, I saw her later in, in that was in July, and I didn't see her again until like November. Mm-hmm. And then you know, then I thought about December, trying to ask her out, mm-hmm. and that you know, and I, I'm four years older than she is. Mm-hmm. I you know, understand what's kind of picky. So I mean, strange. Here's this guy four <laughs> year older, and she's a junior in college. Um, so that was, that was kind of strange. So I tried to handle as best I could, but she turned me down like three times. Okay. And then I've never asked any girl out more than once. Mm-hmm. If I, I, and I got turned down a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I'm used to getting turned down. That was no big deal. But I know if, if girl turned down once, I go, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm finished with her. Obviously, you don't want to be like too hassle. Like, go, on, go on to the next mm-hmm. one. But this one, I thought there was something special about her. So, And then we went on. By, by January, we went on our first date, mm-hmm. technically. So, Mom, and so what I'm hearing is Dad wore you down. Pretty much. Because mm-hmm. I just say your roommates, because this was before cell phones, and so he had to call, like, your dorm phone. Right. Correct? And so you, and so with situations like that for the younger listeners out there, this was just, like, one phone, and you shared with all your roommates. Right. And so when Dad would call and you didn't answer, what would happen? Well, my roommates really didn't want me to go out with them. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't go out with anybody. Well, pretty much. Because you had a past. <laughs> of going out with a lot of guys that weren't that that weren't it didn't work out very well. How's that? Maybe so. Okay. And so they just particularly didn't kind of said, "Well, she's not home" or something like that <laughs> to him, so he couldn't talk to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's smart. I mean, like, but now, like, obviously, that's not a problem anymore. You don't have like your roommates picking up your phone. No, but we they come and visit here mm-hmm. every once in a while, and I'm supposed to be nice to them. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, back in my, I am nice to them, but in the back of my mind, you're just, the one. It's we, like you're just we, waiting for your moment. We wouldn't moment. even have been here if I would have followed your directions. Mm-hmm. You know, so on. True. Yeah. No, she would never have this house, or. Uh, but yeah, you're both runners, so like you both ran in college. So yes, I was a distance runner. Mm-hmm. She was a sprinter. star crossed. Well, seven, she's a you know a small school seven times state champion. That's pretty good mm-hmm. in high school, and then she set several school records in college. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't do sports and are just listening because it's a music podcast, my dad he was a long distance. So what he would do, he would run like thirty miles or something close to that. Well, a marathon's twenty six point two. I got into that. I tried to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't quite get to where I wanted to go, but that's, so, you know, that's life. And so, and my mom was a sprinter, so that means she ran short distances, but she had to be really fast. So for, like, my dad, it was not the fact of going fast. It's just that keeping up the endurance and keeping up speed. And with my mom, it was just, just run as fast as you can. <laughs> that's right. Just, Pretty much. You don't have to run that, you don't have to run that far. You just got to be fast. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, is there any other thing? Because you're a track coach, dad. Yeah, I, I, I still consider myself a teacher first mm-hmm. and an uh, instructor. Um, yeah, I never really wanted to get into the coaching thing, mm-hmm. but everything, every job I could get had a connection. Mm-hmm. Coaching gave me an open door if I do both. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I taught high school, and that 
got me. I, I mean, I mm-hmm. interviewed a couple. I mean, they, I wouldn't even get an interview for a job unless I could coach. Mm-hmm. So I took that. I, you know, they opened doors for me, and then I went to grad school after mm-hmm. four years of teaching high school, <clears throat> and then afterwards, doors kind of opened up. I could, you know, um, mm-hmm. so. But I still consider myself a teacher first, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm deep into it mm-hmm. in the coaching part. At this point. Yeah. He is the head coach of Truman State uh, cross country and track and field. Yes, I am. And so, and my mom also has a lot of coaching experience too, correct? Because cause you, what did you, actually, let me ask you this, Dad. I'll ask you this first and I'll ask Mom. Uh, what did you study in college? Uh, undergraduate, um, I was a sociology undergrad mm-hmm. but I got a, I got a unique degree at, at, at Truman it was a, a education degree so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a BSE a Bachelor of Ed- mm-hmm. Science of Education in sociology but I was certified to teach all the social sciences yeah. including history so I got that and I got a minor what you call now exercise science mm-hmm. okay so you know I taught four years and I went to grad school and I just flipped flipped my minor to made my minor my master's mm-hmm. which limited what schools I could go to mm-hmm. And Truman let me back in, yeah, and uh, that worked out real good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So. And mom, what did you study? I started out as a physical education major, and then I switched to elementary education um, and got a double um, major. And then I've got my master's degree in teaching of reading. Mm-hmm. I'm an elementary teacher. I teach first grade. I've taught 32 years. I know. So, like, when you see my mom, like, watch, every time I'm now I have to watch her, like, with kids, she's, like, very, I can see her just, all right, get in a straight line. <laughs> and then, then the fear, like, cripples, creaks down their back, and they get and they get in straight she line. She has yeah. this weird, go ahead. I actually even taught Sam in kindergarten. I know. Yeah. I was in timeout a lot. She's got this, <laughs> she's got this strange way she could be, like, Mary Poppins, like a Mary Poppins, where Mary yeah. Poppins kept you, kept you in line, but you were happy about it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So a lot, of, you know, she's been called Mary Poppins before, <laughs> and she does a lot of songs and stuff like that. She's a very good elementary teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, have, some people go, oh, she's the, you know, somebody's the best. You know, I, there's a lot of people that are really good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good singers in the world, a lot of good yeah. musicians in mm-hmm. the world, you know. But she's in a good class. I mean, she's way up there. Mm-hmm. I will say that. And so, also another thing I want to talk about because yeah, you both coaches, but this isn't the first place you didn't. We haven't lived here forever. We lived in Kansas for a while. So yes. I, w- I want to talk about that because people are very curious about me because, like, I tell them, well, I lived in Kansas for 13 years, but then I lived in Missouri for 10 years. And so and they wonder how I'm both a Kansas Jayhawks fan and a Cardinals fan. And so, like, that's really confusing to some people because they would assume, oh, you're probably a Royals fan or, like, oh, you're probably a Mizzou fan or, you know. So explain, like, why we lived in Kansas for a while and then we moved to Missouri. Well, it just got a. We had a job out of grad. When I get out of grad school, she mm-hmm. was teaching, and she also worked on her master's in the mm-hmm. summers and took some night classes and got her master's. Um, the job came open, and we moved mm-hmm. to Highland, Kansas, a sleepy little town of a thousand people, mm-hmm. twenty-three miles west of Can- uh, St. Joseph, Missouri, the mm-hmm. home of the Pony Express, mm-hmm. or the start of the Pony Express. And uh, so we just, you know, I thought we'd stay there three or four years, mm-hmm. but next thing you know, and then we had. You guys, mm-hmm. you, you and your brother, and we thought it was a pretty good place to raise kids mm-hmm. as far as the elementary school goes, part goes, and um, that's how we stayed there. I mean, it's a, it's a quirky little town. It's very – there's a show on Netflix called The Ranch. I don't know if you watched it. It's like a small farm town. I'm like, it kind of reminds me of 
uh, Highland a little in a little bit. Like I'm like okay, it, but it's definitely just like stuck in time. It's stuck in time. Mm-hmm. Um, we we you know it's been 11 years, 12 years, almost 12 mm-hmm. years since we lived there. We go back to, there for a couple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a hall, a couple of people have gotten in the Hall of Fame from track, mm-hmm. and I've done their introductions to go back there and they go. Oh. You know, every time I think they're uh, stuck in time. One strange thing about it is um, two guys that I coached there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of I've got a team guy on the team as a freshman this mm-hmm. year. I coached his dad and his uncle, mm-hmm. and he comes in and he first thing is, oh, he goes Highland's stuck in time. You know, he even he mm-hmm. just said out of the blue. I go, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, you know, it's like you know that's he kind of wanted to get out. He likes it, but he, he wanted to get mm-hmm. out and go to school somewhere else. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it is kind of stuck in time. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like no stoplights whatsoever. It's got a, I don't think they got the blinky light anymore. They used to have the blinky light up by the grocery store, which okay. the grocery store shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they don't need the blinky light. They anymore. don't even need the blinky light anymore. <laughs> no. So it's, it's one of those types of towns, which I mean, they have their moments to shine. Mm-hmm. They have good things. Yeah. It's like good things. The people are friendly. You kind of just know everyone. So yep. if you think about the like, community, it's really great for stuff like that. Yeah. But then for like, if you need groceries, it's not, <laughs> not now, <laughs> not anymore. It's, it's not, not good. No, but, uh, and so you moved Kansas, and then about 12 years ago, 2006, you moved back to Kirksville. So you're just making a big circle of your life. Uh, in the in the between all of that, though, you had two kids. The first one, I guess, was a mistake, right? And no. the second one was, like, no. we finally got no. it right. No. <laughs> <laughs> your brother's going to love that. Mm-hmm. No, we, you're, you guys were both planned. Okay. Uh, we we uh, we'll just say we couldn't get the timing down exactly. We wanted both of you to be born in June, mm-hmm. and one of you born in you were born in August, mm-hmm. and your brother in in September. Yeah, but um, yeah, so she'd have three months before she'd go back get to work or something like mm-hmm. that, whatever we decided to do. So, but no, you were both planned. Uh, no, no mistakes. You had to get the maternity leave. I was perfect because with the maternity mm-hmm. leave, because like I, I was born, I was born middle of August, and so that's pretty much when most like elementary schools start classes. And so perfect timing for maternity leave. Well, I was very fortunate that our school let me take a year's leave of absence. So I was able to stay home really the whole first year. Really good thing about year. small schools, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was because of Mr. Clary, the principal. Yeah. He was a great person. Mom had a good boss, which we figured out. He said that McDonald's French fries use sugar, and I actually figured that out. They actually do. So... My, I was, yeah, the other I day, always I wondered like, about that. I know. I actually so figured out it was right. Documented so. evidence. Mr. Now. Clary was... Great guy. Yeah, he was so, a very good guy. He actually, he came over and visited us when we were thinking about moving. Mm-hmm. And he heard about it, and he moved. And he goes, "You guys should move." Mm-hmm. He goes, "He goes, I just really feel you guys should move." He says, "We love you here, but you shouldn't." He's already retired from teaching, but mm-hmm. he 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 gave us a push. I mean, he mm-hmm. and not that because he mm-hmm. says so. We moved, mm-hmm. but he gave a push. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, mom's first. I guess. Real, your longest boss at this point in your life. Yes. Yeah. So, like that. So, yeah, we moved here. And then, so the first child you had, I mean, you kind no, of messed, you up, you, you messed a few things up, right? No. We can say Matt. I think we can say Matt. <laughs> Not the way you, when you were growing up, you didn't believe that, but, and everything. You, met, you messed him. <laughs> Matt was, um, he was, he's the first child, and he, he liked to give orders. He liked to give you orders mm-hmm. and stuff, and that frustrated you to death. That's because, sure. And I don't blame him. I go, I, we even told him, you're not the parent. You're not the third parent. Mm-hmm. There's two parents, not three. Mm-hmm. And he was always trying to do that to you. So, But, uh, but you had your problems, too. But, but I remember, because I helped you convert your VHSs to DVDs of us when we were kids, and Matt was this crazy child. And so, in my mind, I think, 
why would you want to have a second? Like, because you're thinking, like, if the first one's like this, don't you think good odds the second child was going to be like this as well? Well, people told us that your two children are always alike, and that that was de- that's definitely was true. <laughs> you just took the chances. We had that. You were, I mean, you were a great baby from. Mm-hmm. We need to start talking about you, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we're running out of time, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to start talking about you. Yeah, uh, you, you were a great, you know, age two. You were a great baby, mm-hmm. easy to get work with. Right, mm-hmm. jump in any way you yeah. want, and everything. And then we got into terrible twos, and you weren't terrible at all. Mm-hmm. You were great. And then you got to three, and it <laughs> went downhill from eight, at three, age three. We got oh, we thought we got through the terrible twos. This is great. Yeah. This kid's gonna be great. And then it starts. Well, I, I like to say because I like because a lot of people can like do something, stop, do it again, like stop. I like to I'll procrastinate starting something, but when I start it, I won't like stop doing. It. I'll continue well, to do that. That was like walking. You took forever to walk. Mm-hmm. But when you start walking, boom, that was it. I, I tell people that. It's like if I have a big task, I'm going to procrastinate getting started. But once I get started, it's going to get yeah. finished. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we can I talk think about it's just that. like my personal habit. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, were, you, were, you are like that mm-hmm. in your, as you were a child. Because that's what you said, potty training and Potty training, yeah. I didn't want, I don't, I, you can say potty. Not, it took me like a while to get potty trained, but then I started out then it's like, And then we didn't have any problem. You know, mm-hmm. like some kids like wet the bed even yeah. after potty training. Not you. Mm-hmm. You were like, once you started, boom, that mm-hmm. was it. That was a nice. Which is nice. You just get start doing something. You do it. Yeah, you were the thing. Yeah, you growing up. The best way you learned was trial and error learning. Mm -hmm. Which sometimes you were as a parent, you were by an error Mm -hmm. because the error could be like, okay, let's burn your hand on the stove. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, but let's burn and have permanent damage or Mm -hmm. something. So you you kind of learn best by trial and error, mm-hmm. which you, you kind of scares you as a parent. But yeah, but once you learn, it scares you as an adult too. <laughs> yeah, and once you learn though, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you did fine. But yeah, that's the way you learn best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I mean, it just was a practice. That's for me. Yeah, practicing something. That's how I. Yeah. How I, which I guess is most like when, especially when you do music, you just like you have to practice something. Like you're not naturally good at something. You have to like practice to actually get good. And which is like everything though, yeah. in my mind. Now, you know, like you talk about music, mm-hmm. kind of gets you in that. When you did piano lessons, when you when did you start? But first or second grade? I mean, and yeah, I think he, I was six. Yeah, first grade. So you you didn't like to practice, so I had to sit with you. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved to Kirksville, you said you thought you were good enough, and so you didn't need any more lessons. Yep. And That's I said, fine. good. I don't want to sit beside you and make you practice anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, well, one thing you, with with you. Um, if you did a, a recital, mm-hmm. your brother was pretty good at pianos. I mean, mm-hmm. he was pretty good yeah. for his age. You know what I'm saying? And even when in high school, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But when you, if he messed up, it freaked him out. Mm-hmm. If you messed up, you just kept going. Mm-hmm. You True. know, you, you do a recital and you'd be going, and I could tell you made a little mistake. And even you could tell you mm-hmm. knew you made a mistake, but you just keep going. Uh, it's, you know? it's a jazz thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. I was playing yeah. jazz. Yeah, from, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, six, seven true. years old. That was you. Cause, you know, and one thing I know, well, I think it's a mental thing with, especially if you're playing, when you mess up, and we all learned this when I was playing in the jazz band in school, is that if you messed up, like you just immediately knew it, and I think that's what Matt had the problem with. But but then you realize that you asked someone else, did you hear me mess up? No. I don't think, if, to you, it's a lot more mentally stronger than exactly. to someone else. But then, so, then then you have those moments where like you mess up, and then everyone notices it. <laughs> so. I, I, I tell you the part of really, you know, you growing up is when, you, do you remember when you did that play? Which, it was at Highland. Oh, okay. I the kids play. Do. It was a kids play. They put it mm-hmm. on during the summer. Okay, summer I think I remember just, that one. I don't know if that was a year before we moved here. Might have been. It might be your. You know, I was scared to death because you got the lead, mm-hmm. and you had these lines, mm-hmm. like 
I mean, you had a book of mm-hmm. a, a pamphlet worth of lines, and I'm going, oh man, yeah. can, he, can he do this? Can you do this? And I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna find out. <laughs> and so you know, say it's like, and you nailed it, but mm-hmm. it took. I thought, man, you never. And I, I helped you some with your lines, yeah, but most of it you did on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did help. I think your mom helped you out a lot, but but that when you did that, there was kind of in my mind, there was a kind of a spark ago. Hmm, entertainment it might mm-hmm. might be there might be mm-hmm. something there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A, you know, like a fifth grader uh, playing Highland, Kansas. That's where it, fifth or sixth, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like at the, in the little college there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a, but, it was a it was a children play. Yeah, and you got the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah, I got the lead. So yeah, you know, I got some things like some credits on my acting. Yeah, I did. Like, I get an acting resume that on your resume. No. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> this the sixth resume grade resume builder. Play. You haven't mentioned that in previous uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no. Okay, all right. I, I think I mentioned. Uh, I, I did like the, I like the doing the pit bands a lot more. Because I feel like uh, the I couldn't get along with the directors. <laughs> I wasn't very good at that. I think it's just my producer mentality. Well, I can get along with the band conductor because they kind of let you do a free thing, but as long as it fits the structure of the music. And I think our band, my band director, and I guess you you go to church with him, FYI, and so and he bought my old car. Yeah, funny enough. Yeah. <laughs> He's gifting it to someone, so I was yeah. kind of hoping he would be the one driving it. So it'd just be like that weird mentality. Well, my he, band teacher's driving my old well, car. Well, he drove it. He drove it um, the day before the day you came mm-hmm. home and stuff. And the, the license is expired. I, I don't, Highway Patrol, Missouri Highway Patrol. We'll give you a warning here. The license are. I mean, the plates mm-hmm. are expired. But he's been driving a little bit, I mm-hmm. think, until uh, he gives it away. But uh, kind of give it idea. But yeah, so oh, car, the car has a couple more years. I think it. I think it's going to reach two hundred thousand. Well, yeah, probably. The escorts were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, you thought back in the in fifth grade. I thought there was something there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's the first time I had a spark, and mm-hmm. then and then you enjoyed band mm-hmm. most of the time. Middle school, uh, yeah, like any, <laughs> well, when you're, when you're that age, you don't yeah. it, like no. anything all the time. Yeah. I mean, come on, and stuff. So, middle school, kind of there, and then, um, um, you know, and. You, I'm sure you disagree with this because I know you did not like moving to Kirksville, but it was a good move for you as far as mm-hmm. it was a good move because the music program, I mean, there's basically no music program yeah. where we're at. Now you had a music program mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, you make, you know, you're in choir, mm-hmm. you, you moved right way up in choir in high school mm-hmm. real quick. Real fast. and Jazz band. A lot were, of problems with that. You jazz band sophomore year. Yeah, that's when I started. Yeah, boom. Because yeah. Uh, the, the problem was, because I'm not like one of those people with like a big head. In my mind, I don't. I don't try to act like it, but the choir director, not before Murphy Hendricks, he would, he told all these people, he was like, oh, I got these great eighth graders, or Sam Schwegler, and he would like talk about me. So, you know, going in, all the all the upperclassmen hated me already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see that. That was, that was I'm like, I didn't choose this. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you, you, I think you had a good experience in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you took three music classes yeah. on a seven day. You know, I was just hoping you could graduate from high school. I did, yeah. Yeah, you did. You they did. were just like, you can't yeah. get into college without a foreign language class, and I proved them wrong. No, you can't. It depends on the college you go to. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's I, I think your major, too. I, yeah, major comes into play, too, mm-hmm. and stuff. And then, you 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 know, you pick Central Missouri. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was, you know, that, that's like, athletically, when I was in college, that was like the death. I was like putting a knife through my heart, but I thought it was good. No, <laughs> it was a good school If I would have done sports, you would have been, like, heartbroken. Um I was still a little bit heartbroken, but I'm the one, I, you know, I, hey, you want me to take you there to visit? You know, mm-hmm. so I knew it was a good place for it. Mm-hmm. And I thought they had the technology, and, it, mm-hmm. you know, I found out more when we got there. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of technology, a lot of good equipment to, to play The with. teachers, the uh, music teachers were good. Yeah. Can't talk about the rest of the school, but I can yeah. say that I can, I'll personally vouch for the music 
yeah, program teachers yeah. get. Yeah. You don't have a lot of because I think we were talking about this the other day. It's like you go to other schools and like you're you play drum set or you play guitar and like teachers will say your instrument is not real and then like you're paying their salary. At least the school I went to where I was, they were just like, yeah, you should do that. You should pursue that. You should move to Nashville and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, I'm glad I had teachers like that who would be like, okay, here's what Beethoven did, and yep, here we go. Lady Gaga is doing the same thing even now. Yeah. So, I, I don't know how. You, I don't know how. That's just ridiculous. There's some. It's. Um, <clears throat> Probably it might go over your head. No offense, but it's all right. But <laughs> might not be for this episode. But so you would say, I would say, what age for me? Well, at age I was, or what year? For what? I mean, I don't understand. Of like question. of when you when you thought I could do have a attempt. You were like all on board because I know now you're on board with me trying to do music. Uh, but like you know, not every parent. When, when you is got on board. into high school, by the time you were a junior, mm-hmm. maybe even sophomore. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of talking about it mm-hmm. and stuff. And then, um, you know, I kind of, for me, I think that clicked. Mm-hmm. I go, he's, he's probably going to want to do something mm-hmm. like this and stuff. And it's like, you know, uh, your, your grandparents were real good. I mean, your, your grandparents, uh, your grandmother on the Schweiger side, mm-hmm. you know, had a high school education. Yeah. She did graduate high school. Mm-hmm. She probably made a pretty good accountant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, if she ever got to go, you know, but that was going to happen mm-hmm. in their situation. Your grandfather had 10th grade education, but was a really bright guy, really mm-hmm. on top. Of, both of them were top on politics. They read the newspaper. Yeah. I mean, they they were, mm-hmm. I you know, great. I think they're great people. Um, th- with me, I think, you know, I, I wasn't kind of a loose baby kind of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wasn't supposed to, kind of not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I had an opportunity, and they let me have the opportunity to go do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to tell them I wanted to go into teaching. Yeah. Because when I went to college, I wasn't, I didn't really say it out loud or anything. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure. And when I go home, he says, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, go it. You know, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to remember your grandfather, you know, when this is back in the 80s. He graduated in 1980. That's when I graduated. Yeah. He retired in 1980. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. When I t- he retired like two months after I graduated. Okay. okay from college. Um, he made $15,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. My first job was twelve. So I'm making like 80% of what he made, mm-hmm. for, and $12,000 wasn't very much. Mm-hmm. That was a poor teacher salary. Yeah. People were like, why did you go into that? That doesn't make very much. You know? so, Keep in so mind, this he, was the 80s. So he was in like, go, go, whatever you do, do it well. Mm-hmm. You know, Go out and do it and see how it mm-hmm. works out. And life will take you, you don't know what road mm-hmm. life's going to take you down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think they kind of instilled that in me, and hopefully mm-hmm. I want you guys to go, yeah. you, you and your brother, to go down the path you wanted to go mm-hmm. to. So. Somewhere around there, I thought, you know, mm-hmm. when you, we moved to, we moved to Kirksville, we moved here. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, but your mom had a, had a guitar. I bought her. Mm-hmm. And she played it for like three weeks yeah. and put it down. <laughs> so I had it. I don't know if we were here or right before, or we may have been in still Highland mm-hmm. before we moved. I picked it up. I played a couple chords mm-hmm. and you kind of like fascinated mm-hmm. with this. And then I go, well, if you want you know, we can get you lessons. Mm-hmm. And then when you got here, mm-hmm. you know, we get you lessons. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of took off. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and then mm-hmm. you start picking up other instruments, you know, you banjo, bass. I mean, mm-hmm. you can do other stuff. We try to, as much money we could. We buy, had a drum set buy for a while down here. Well, the, yeah, well, that was that was the church's fault because uh, <laughs> they went with those stupid electronic drums. Oh, my God. Don't get me. No, no, no. Okay. I know. I know. But they went with that. So um, the youth guy goes, hey, we need a place to store these. Could you store these at your house? So he, you know, he was part of that. Mm-hmm. And so like that. So um, for you to have, for you to have, to so you, you know, practice mm-hmm. and stuff. So, and, you know, electronics, we're back with the other drums now. Yeah. We don't have, we have a semi drum. Every once in a while I get somebody can drum. 
Anyway, um, so you know, um, you know, so you, you know, you just kept picking up instruments, 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 mm-hmm. and then you know, you always liked the writing thing. Mm-hmm. You liked that from like junior high, yeah. middle school. You like writing, so I kind of caught on to that and stuff. So you just you know kept picking up. I go, hey, you know, he's I, he might want to pursue this, mm-hmm. and I was glad when you went in music technology because mm-hmm. there's at least a backup you could get a well, job. Well, it, it just opens up other opportunities. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you don't mm-hmm. make it on your own, singing or playing. So like that, you know, yeah. and you and you like the. Well, I thought that was a good idea. The music technology thing is because you like to tinker with things. You mm-hmm. like to take things apart. Yeah. Not always put them completely back together. <laughs> you like to borrow my tools, and I don't ever could find my tools because you take mm-hmm. things apart, put it back together, yeah. and fix it. And you're you got a mechanical mind, so I thought mm-hmm. the technology thing would also be a good thing mm-hmm. for you too. So I, you know, that's where I thought, you know, everything started to kind of take off for. Mm-hmm. You. And everything, uh, somewhere around there, somewhere, somewhere in mm-hmm. high school. Mom, do you agree with all this, or do you have a different? Oh story? yes, I I do. I I think about like you were kind of a performer, like even in, like in kindergarten mm-hmm. when you were in my kindergarten class, because like when my pair came in the room, you raised your hand and you said, <laughs> "Well, um, Mrs. Schwegler can't go." Mrs. Schwegler, my mom can't go on the field trip because she has to work. She did have to work. And it was, I was the she teacher. Was, I mean, she, she had other things to do. And you also, like the PE teacher, thought you were so smart because you knew everybody's class in the whole first in the whole kindergarten. You knew all their birthdays, and you said the reason was because the birthday chart was hung up by the timeout chair. It was. Yeah, it, it made sense. And the ABCs were there, and you, you, you I got it backwards. Your, yes, and you drove your brother crazy because he could never get it down. <laughs> I was like, you got in trouble crazy. more. That's the trick. Yeah, and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, you know, I thought you had talent, so we just wanted to. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, on the guitar, you, I just, you were incredible when you learned how to play the guitar. You learned it so quickly. Mm-hmm. It was, it, and you weren't. Well, well, we just moved here, and I had no friends. I think that was the trick. Yeah, and that's, that's what I thought. Well, you want lessons, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, yeah. and then. And, you know, you got eventually, you know, in, you know, into it, and then. Um, I want to tell people if you really want to pick up an instrument quickly, just move to a town where you have no friends. Well, <laughs> you have nothing to do. Well, I think you are very talented. I don't. I mean, that might yeah. have gave you more time to practice. Well, nothing. You you can listen to music and kind of yeah. go ahead and play it. Mm-hmm. Now that took a while. To it's like an auditory learning. It took a little bit, but mm-hmm. you had there's something clicks in your yeah. head. You're wired a certain way up mm-hmm. there in the brain that do that. So you know, you, yeah. you kind of put things together and you know let people pursue their dreams mm-hmm. and. and and you know your grandparents helped me, helped me somewhat pay for college, and I paid some of myself. Yeah. What I want to do for you guys, and I, you know, I know you complain about we never went on real vacations. <laughs> we went on historical vacations and all that stuff. I've heard that <laughs> in the podcast and everything, but uh, you know I hear that all the time. But um, we could have probably went on more, but I wanted to save college for you because mm-hmm. I wanted you to come out of college without debt. Yeah. Which is really, I, you especially know, today, yeah. Fifteen years ago, I didn't realize this as much as do now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a big factor now than mm-hmm. it was then. You know, I had a little debt that I paid off too quick, mm-hmm. and there, when you had two percent interest and you pay it off real quick and you buy a car for twelve percent back in the Reagan <laughs> years, that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, you know, I wanted you not to have that burden on yeah. you all your life because you know I hear people, yeah. You know, all the time, but I've got this debt I got to pay off. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that. I didn't want you to pay off a house, which was college debt. So we save money so you mm-hmm. can get through college. The trick stuff. of debt you need to have is just like if you tell someone else how much it is and they just like get really angry at you. <laughs> well, yeah. Will you, what, how much debt you have or something, or something like, like that? You know, like you have a little bit of credit card, but you pay off like every month. Yeah. Well, well like stuff like what, that, you know. That's what we do. I think we paid 
by mistake or they didn't get our mm-hmm. signal. I pay like the minimum we amount, paid, but we, you know. no, we paid probably maybe seven dollars in all these years of credit cards. Yeah, interest. That's all. Mm-hmm. And that was by, all by mistakes. Yeah, and a couple of times we called the credit card people, and I, I'm in, you know, paying things off. Yeah, I, I don't like debt. You know, mm-hmm. I got a little debt now, and I'm still on the house, and then mm-hmm. just bought a new vehicle. Yeah, but I, I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's how that goes. But anyway, so so we <laughs> got we got two more topics I want to talk about. I didn't put this one down in our little thing. I want you to we talk about this a little bit on the show, a couple like a lot of episodes back. But your best man at your wedding, he was. He taught at school with Shell Crow. Yes, you want me to tell, I'll tell yes, the story. That, this is a good story. Yeah, to this tell. is a story. We want the full best, story. Best my best friend went. was like um, a few years younger than me, mm-hmm. and he got out. Um, he wanted to get into St. Louis, a good St. Louis school district. Yeah. Start teaching. Well, the Rockwood School District in St. Louis is mm-hmm. like probably the best school district right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay and everything. Everybody wants to get in there. So, um, so he got out of college, and so. They didn't have a job for him, but they said, if you'd be a full-time sub, so you go there and you, you know, sub quite a bit all through the day, um, you never know what you're going to do. But if you're a full-time sub, and then when a position comes open, because there's like, mm-hmm. you know, there was at the time three, three high schools, now there's mm-hmm. five, you know, we'll, we'll move you into a slot. Mm-hmm. And it usually takes one year. Yeah. And he, they showed examples to him. So mm-hmm. Cheryl Crow and him were full-time subs, mm-hmm. supposedly how the story goes. I'm just going by what he tells me. Mm-hmm. If it's wrong... I'll, I'll give you his name and you can uh, and, <laughs> and his address and you guys can contact him. So he, him and Cheryl Crow were full time subs. Mm-hmm. They got so they were subs. They spent a lot of time together, mm-hmm. lunch, you know, stuff like that. Lunch. So it gets to be springtime and they go, you know, and Cheryl goes, I think I'm going to go to L.A. and try this music thing. Mm-hmm. And Tom Tom tried to talk her out of it. He said, "Oh no, this is a great future for you. You got everything. You know, you got insurance and, <laughs> and, and pension and, and everything like that." You know, don't go, Cheryl. <clears throat> You're gonna make a mistake. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Well, <clears throat> she did. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like now he's got a story. That, oh my gosh, I tried to talk Cheryl Crow out of mm-hmm. from not going. You know, what would have happened with that? I yeah. know. Which in my mind, it's just like she can always get back into teaching, but she'll her, her hourglass would probably be ticking on uh, the music career. Yeah, it would. I mean, the I mean, she made part. the right. I think she made the right choice, even if music didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, everybody's different. I mean, once you mm-hmm. get into this. The school district. It was just it annoying. what your goals are down the line. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So It was just annoying because I actually ran into Cheryl once, and I wish I would have remembered this story. This story? <laughs> do you remember a Tom Kickham? Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. remember, yeah, you remember Tom the best Kickham? man at my dad's wedding? Yeah, yeah. He's been, he, he yeah, told me a good story about you. He's got a story about yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's always kind of a funny story. Mm-hmm. And he just told us. We just saw him again this summer. We ate mm-hmm. uh, dinner with him, mm-hmm. and uh, he told us he told the story again. So. Mm-hmm. Cause this, yeah, I try to tell. I tell some people who are like talk about Cheryl Crow. I'm like, so yeah, I have a good Cheryl Crow story. Yeah, but uh, but now um, because Dad, you've been listening to the show a lot. Mom, not so much. Which I always thought was going to be the other way around. But <laughs> anyway, so you want to get some corrections about what I've said about you on the show, correct? Or do you have a couple things? Well, I, you know. Uh I don't know. There's some things you said. I can't remember now. You got me on the spot mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, not exactly. I don't know. I can't. But remember. if there's anything you want to say about me or anything, it's your time to. Oh, it's okay. Me. It's roast time. Yeah, it's roast, roast time. You. So, mom, you get free game too. Okay. Do you got anything you want to roast them on? Let me think about it. Okay. Oh, you want to think about Go it? Go ahead. Well, you know, um, something you know, like well, one thing you said. Well, music, like something you said, um, parents don't really realize. 
about music, kids in their music until mm-hmm. early. And that, that wasn't that wasn't true about you because I, I I think I recognized early mm-hmm. that that's what you kind of wanted to do mm-hmm. and stuff like that and everything. Um, I remember that one one time and then I don't I don't know. I can't now. I can't remember. I'm on the spot, man. I had this down really good. You're just like I had so many. I had so many topics. I can't think about the talking points Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, you you know, you talk about being a Midwest. That's you know, that's fine. I I don't think the Midwest is that much. I don't think you represent the entire entirety of this region of the United States. No, I don't think I do either. But but uh, you're out of place. I think I'm a little more (laughs) Southerner than you are, Mm -hmm. even though you live there now. Yeah. Saying Uh, now that you live in the Athens of the South. (laughs) <laughs> is that technically what we call Tennessee? Tennessee is known as the Athens. Okay. Nashville is known. No, Nashville is known as the Athens of the South. Okay, that's why they built the, the replica of the Parthenon. <laughs> the Parthenon. Seriously. Yeah. You know, you're somebody who lives, grew up there, probably could tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, so you know, you know, a lot of backgrounds. And I guess, I guess it's Christmas time. I'm going to be nice and not, uh, it's okay. Not it's, bring up too much there. It's okay. But it's like yeah, I we already brought friends. up some of the stories. You know. Mm-hmm. You know like any stories from me as a little kid that you just you know you're still annoyed about? Boy, you hate to move to Kirksville. Oh yeah, I was. Oh my gosh, and I thought it was going to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. I thought Matt would hate it and you would you would like it, but mm-hmm. oh, you do. Wow. You, you, I think it was you, timing of like our age because I think <clears throat> how Kirksville's set up because it's like sixth, seventh, and eighth grades of middle school, and then it's nine through twelve high school. Because so. With, like, uh, sixth grade coming in, like, everyone's kind of new, and you kind of didn't know everyone in your class from being elementary school because you were with, like, yeah. the same 20 kids, through just different every year. And so, and then when you get to middle school, it's like you're with class with everyone. And so when I came in the middle of middle school, so that was weird because everyone already had, like, their groups and everything. Yeah, I think that part's tough. Right? I think that was weird. That was what was different. And then Matt was in, starting as a freshman. freshman year. And so what he did was he... Because, uh, like, everyone's new. It felt like you had that all new again because you had new kids coming in from, like, there's the Catholic school that only goes up to eighth grade. Uh, and so, like, you have that, and then you have other kids, and you had band, and band was very, like, family-oriented. So that made it easier for Matt than for me. And so, yeah. What well, helped when we switched band directors. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Because that Trust former me. band director that you had a little problem Oof. with one time, I mean, he started teaching what I did mm-hmm. at Kirksville High because I taught here. Uh, and stuff like that, and I, I remember, oh my gosh, I think I told you he's still teaching. Remember, I think I yeah. told you I, I can't believe that. So I backed you as much as I could. It's funny that. because you, because every student, because you're both teachers, every student can remember like a really good teacher in their life. You can also remember that really bad teacher. Yeah, too. that's true. <laughs> like that one always sticks out. You just never talk about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. don't really deserve that's it. That's true. I remember, you know, like, and one of one of my teams did well at the state meet. Mm-hmm. Got a state trophy, and my picture was in the mm-hmm. um, trophy case. I'm yeah. coming home. Oh my gosh, I can't get away from you. I know. Yeah, you're, 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 you're in the your you're trophy case in the cafeteria. Um, you probably that. have more awards hung up around the school than I do. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think th- I'm pretty sure the only thing <clears throat> there's the only thing left there of me the high school. There's probably my picture in the band room because they have one of every graduating class. Yeah. And then the one in the hallway. You know. Well, the, well you got an award coming out of high school. Oh yeah, right? I got the Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Which, yeah. was, what, which was deserved. Which yeah. was a good one. I mean, there's four people in our jazz band, so. Four people? It's more than four people. No, the senior class. Oh, the senior class, okay. So, like, I had the, I had a good 25% chance of. Well, you, you There was two awards, so I had, I had a good 25% got, chance of getting one of them. And stuff like that, mm-hmm. so. So. And everything. But, yeah, as kids, you need to tell a story about the, him climbing up, up, getting the chips. Okay. Yes, I always like to 
walk or run on the treadmill, and you and Matt were little, mm-hmm. probably three and five or two and four. Yeah. So you were either two or three years old, and I couldn't believe I got a whole workout in, and you didn't come in tattling on each other. So I finally got off the treadmill, and I looked, and it was still quiet. And then I found you on top of the refrigerator eating potato chips. Okay. I think there's a far, there's the real problem here is why did you put them on top of the refrigerator? Well, because you would eat them all. And yeah. so, like, <laughs> the problem, the problem like you pull the down, the oh, the knives were up there too. That yeah. was what we was horrible. You put the knives on top of the fridge because mm-hmm. you, so you wouldn't accidentally, you know, mm-hmm. climb up on the counter and grab yeah. them and, and stab each other or stab yourself. So that was the scary yeah. part. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you got your little chair and then you got on top of the dishwasher, opened it up, and then got up on the cabinet and oh, I think you put counter, the chair on, the, on the, the chair on the dishwasher with the door open and then got on the counter and then got on top of the microwave to get on top of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So rock climbing is maybe a so, future. Yeah. You might have the you know, maybe the genes for that for some So, but I see cuz my side of the story is that if you didn't want me to get near the knives, why would you put the chips up there? That was... Well, uh, I tell you what, though. You you were very... Most of the time, you're maybe smart aleck or something like that, but you were like, sorry, Mommy, you were really sincere. I know. Please what? don't ever do that again. He goes, I promise, Mommy, I won't. <laughs> yeah, sincerity. And did you put the chips okay. back up there ever again? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the... Probably didn't have to at that point. There was a little concern about you graduating from high school. I was worried, like, because you, you didn't like math, you didn't like English. Mm-hmm. I was worried about that, but you did, you know, graduate Somehow, with, a, with a good, a good GPA, mm-hmm. good enough GPA. I wrestled and then through. in college, you did. I was afraid. Oh, he's not going to go class enough. He's not going to study. I was afraid. I was worried. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, you pulled through. Pulled through. I, I got to give you, you know, you got the, you know, very, very proud of that. In so, the words of uh, uh, clarinet professor, Doctor Guy. Uh, if you're getting B's and A's in your gen eds, you're not practicing enough. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so that's a music. That's definitely a music. That's it's not like a. You know what it's not like? It's like a Division One college football yeah, coach. Yeah, it's like if you're getting. <laughs> you know, you, you need to be watching film. You need to be. You know, yeah, that's in, but in that's all your classes. <laughs> yeah, in the weight room. Yeah, that's yeah, all your classes. That's, yeah, stuff. that's all your yeah. classes. Not just, but they want you. You have to get like good grades in your music classes. Just yeah. it's just your yeah, gen ed. Just you your gen ed. Who needs it? Well, you know, I, I, Truman is a liberal arts and science school. Yeah. It's, it's got some tough standards to get into where I teach. And uh, at one time, they had if, if um, this one president was there, and, and if any faculty or hired faculty, if you had a D in any classes, mm-hmm. they would not hire you. Really? Right? Yeah, at one time. They had <laughs> to drop that. A new president came in and goes, well, we got to drop that because they couldn't, they couldn't find good quality art and music people. Yeah, that's, I mean, because, that's, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of music people who are excellent teachers, mm-hmm. excellent, you know, professors, mm-hmm. but they had a D in history or yeah, math like or they're, they're science gen- or something yeah. like why, you know, something they didn't really care about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they had to actually drop that. But like I, music classes, it's I'll like... i probably get a rec- reprimand for saying that about Truman, but... No, it's, I mean... But, I mean, that's, you know... Um, I mean, I don't think your full name is going to be on the episode. It's just going to be mom and dad. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's all right. No, they, you know, so... I don't think you're, you know, we'll see how far your listenership goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. That'd be a good sign. If they do find out, that'd be a good sign for this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's All for right. Sure. Yeah, I got the whole Truman State uh, music, the <laughs> music department. Or not, is it the music department? But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, that is definitely a thing with music. It's like, it's hard to, when you're having like, when you have to take like 18 hours a semester and then with these gen eds, it's like, um, and you have to practice too. Like uh, some things are gonna have to take the back burner a little bit. Yeah. So those are your Gen Ed classes. Something something's gonna something's gonna. Some of those and some of those are just like I'm not 
had any, you like literally only had to take them because you wanted the degree, not anything Yeah, and else. I knew that, you know, being in college education for mm-hmm. so long, I knew a lot of that's true, but you, you'd come back and say, well, that's a zero credit class, and that's a zero. I, I got, <laughs> you know, I got this one-hour class, I got to go to it like six hours a week or something. Going, mm-hmm. we made a We made a joke uh, with the... Uh, of the guy who was in charge of our, our, the professor who was in charge of the recital attendance, the zero hour class that uh, he he had his doc, he has his doctorate in like vocal performance, but we just let, he has his, we just made the joke, he had his doctorate in recital attendance. And so and it was a zero credit hour uh, doctorate program. So yeah. <laughs> he ended the, he ended his degree with zero credits. Yeah, that was good. That's good. <laughs> so, but anyways, we're, we're nearing the end of the episode. Uh, do you guys have any, unless you guys have any more roasting you want to get out. We're going to try to be nice this time. If, we, so, if we've ever Merry come Christmas. back on again, I'll so, start writing things down. So, yeah, we will not do this. This might be our yearly thing. So we'll, we'll see. So, well, anyways, thank you all for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts on. And check out more shows like this at wafflebuttmedia.com. And like always, stay awesome.